Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Thank you, Christian. Hey, how are you all doing today? Good? You know, we've been talking about, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about discipleship, and I'd like to continue on that vein. And uh, I know that um, that God is he's always doing business with us. And and I, I, just wanna, I just want you to prepare your heart to allow God to do a little bit of business with you this week. And, and you know, it's a, it's, it's an amazing privilege to serve the living God. But what it, it requires of us sometimes to dig a little bit deeper. And we said this we said this a couple of weeks ago. We said being a disciple of Jesus is recognizing that who you are is going to be determined by your relationship with him. Who you are is going to be determined by your relationship with him. So the question is, how does my relationship with Jesus define me? This is one of the great questions. Because I think sometimes in life it doesn't necessarily feel like Jesus, my relationship with Jesus defines me. So I'd love to dig a little bit into that this morning from a perspective of um, discipleship. So if you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13, those amazing priests out of them a little while ago. And I just want to just touch, touch base there, starting from verse 8, 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails. But whether, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The three essential qualities of the life of a disciple, faith, hope, love. The three essential qualities. Why are they essential? How do they work? How can we grow in them? How, can, how, do, how do they define us as a disciple? I want, to, I want to encourage you this morning that faith, hope and love is actually the pathway to a renewed mind. The Bible talks about um, you know, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is renewed, you just watch your life transform. You see, our thinking is one of the, the great disabilities of humanity. I don't know about your thinking, but it, my thinking disrupts me. I'm up here thinking, oh, do they like me? Does he like me? Does she like me? Do they know? Can they tell what I did last night? What was that look for? Did you look at me strangely, Mrs. Fuller? Is this the right job? Am I even in the right church? Is that the right person? Did I order the right meal? I don't know if you've ever had a meal with Kristen at a restaurant, but uh, 
You know, you've heard of that concept of being in two minds. Kristen is in multiple minds of whatever's on the menu. You see, what happens is our thinking, if we will allow it, freezes us in a moment. We get frozen because our thoughts, our thoughts control us. The Bible says that we have been given the mind of Christ. So if we've been given the mind of Christ, why do we get frozen by our thoughts? When I was 30, I was, um, only a couple of years ago, I was given a, um, I was given a uh, set of golf clubs. I was given a set of golf clubs. And in the last 10 years, I've used them twice. You've been given the mind of Christ. Just saying. The Bible also says this. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. See, he's given us the mind of Christ, but we need to allow, we don't ever lose our mind. Our mind remains. We have two minds. We have our mind and we've been given the mind of Christ. We need to allow our mind to be renewed so that our lives can be transformed. You become transformed as your mind is renewed. You see, our mind, I think it's the Apostle Paul says in Romans, he says, he talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, he says, do not be conformed to this world. We, we, we get conformed to the world when, when, we, when we allow the impulses of our mind to dominate our thinking. We worry about what someone's thinking. I love, uh, John Howard once said, you know, if you're in politics, you've got to get very comfortable with at least 50% of the nation hating you at any one time. So if you allow that sort of thinking, if you're trying to win the hearts of all people with your life, then, you will, then your mind will own you. But if you allow your mind to become renewed by the mind of Christ, you'll be transformed and you'll be able to stay on track, on course, on purpose, and you will do great things. And the people who need to love you will love you, and the people who don't will not dominate your thinking. See, a key part of discipleship is to think like Jesus. So then we can say things like, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. My mind renewed by the mind of Christ. So let's consider the mind for a moment. It's generally understood that a mind does three things. A mind understands, a mind remembers things, and a mind wants we, 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 we try to understand the things that we see and that we learn we try, and we remember things that have gone on in the past and we want things. Our mind is, you could say this, our mind is the interaction of understanding, of memory and of will. There's a great uh, man, a Spaniard by the name of uh, John of the Cross and he said this amazing statement. He said this, when it talks to faith, hope and love in relation to the mind, he said this. He says, faith is what happens to our understanding. Hope is what happens to our remembering. And love is what happens to our wanting. Amazing words. So consider this, to be a disciple of Christ is to take the journey from understanding to faith, from memory to hope, and from want to love. When Warren's having a chat to Jane, and Jane says, Warren, you don't need to buy me a Christmas present this year. She's lying. 
When your girl says to you, don't buy me a present, she's lying. Guess what? The first thing is she's lying. The second thing is she's still stuck in the untransformed mind of want. So when someone says that to you, you, you just, okay, I understand. I'll pray for you. See, God, he, he, he wants us to shift in our thinking. He wants us to shift from understanding into faith. He wants us to shift from remembering into hope. And he wants to sh- us to shift from want into love. So how does your relationship with Jesus define you? It transforms your thinking because your thinking is who you are. Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks, so he is. And the more time I spend with God, this is what I realise. I realise what I thought I understood, I really never did. You know, 10 years ago, I think I knew more about how to run a church than I do now. What I thought I remembered was generally covered in confusion. My memory is actually perfect. It's perfectly confused by the emotional response to the circumstances I was going through at the time. You remember things more intently by how you experience them emotionally, by the actual factual evidence of what happened at the time. And most of what I thought I wanted turned out to be empty. I don't know about you, but I've got a shed full of things that when I bought them, I desperately needed them. But now, not so much. We have to be reparented in our faith, in our hope, and in our love. We need to be reparented in those things. So that, why do we call it reparenting? We call it reparenting because parenting, we actually help our children see well. We help them navigate through experiences. As children experience things, we help them uh, to understand those things well. We help them to, to gain hope in those things. We help them to love. You know, in, when they're learning to share and they want to want, we help them to love. In, and we need to be reparented ourselves because our own experiences have caught us up. They've caught us up in the challenges of the moment. And Christ is trying to take us into an eternal relationship. So let's start by looking at understanding and faith. John of the Cross said faith is what happens to our understanding. And here's what I submit to you this morning. It's that when our understanding reaches its limits, faith actually then gets an opportunity. When your understanding reaches its limits, faith gets an opportunity. And this is becoming quite a challenge because our access to more understanding is as is as big as it's ever been. There's a YouTube video to explain and to give you understanding on anything you can even imagine. There's some 12-year-old kid who can explain on video how to build a house, how to make the, how to make dinner, how to do who knows it's it's phenomenal. There's so much understanding out there. So to get to the end of your understanding, we almost need to be intentional about it now. It used to be a lot easier to get to the end of your understanding, but now it's a lot harder because we have access to so much information. You see, the problem with that we have here is that uh, faith is playing the long game, which is about relationship with God, and understanding is playing the short game, which is about buying a holiday home in Positano. You know, we get caught in the short game, and God's always pointing to the long game. So faith always feels like a square peg in a round hole. 
So where do we end up as a church? We end up with a slight crisis of confidence. People are bringing their immediate needs and we're giving them eternal answers. People are bringing their immediate challenges and we're giving them a pathway to an eternal solution. My marriage is a mess, I have no money, my health is good. And we say, hey, come worship, read your Bible and pray and serve. And they don't tend to look like a solution to the same problem, don't they? I say to, I say to the team regularly, you know, when someone asks you a question, don't answer their question, answer the question that you think they should have asked instead. You've got to get a little bit more like a politician, like Jesus did. You know, I want to follow you, Lord. And, and, and Jesus says back in return, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Someone comes with you with a, with a physical challenge, with a financial challenge, with a relational challenge, with, you know, with a positional challenge, and we say, hey, come and worship the King of Kings. Come and learn what he's said to others in the past and still saying today. Why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you pray? Why don't you speak to the living God? Why don't you serve humanity for his glory and not yours? And it seemingly has no direct link because it's such a long game, it doesn't feel like it's solving today. But you know what? I think it's in this confusion and, and lack of understanding that, that our faith grows and gets free. You see, faith doesn't appear as a system or as an answer, it actually appears as a relationship, a dependable relationship. You may not have understanding, you may not have, have the, the answer on the tip of your tongue, but you know you have a confidence in a presence in your life. You have confidence that, that there is someone with you always who is not going to leave you, who's not going to betray you, who's not going to, to walk away, who's not going to, 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 to dismiss you. He's with you always. That's where faith goes beyond understanding. I mean, the, I love the disciples. I love the failures of the disciples. The number of times they fail to get the point that Jesus is saying is quite phenomenal. These guys are living with him for three odd years. And they still don't. Even Jesus says to them, you still don't understand. He feeds 5,000 people because you still don't understand. It's almost, it's almost laughable how often they ask stupid questions of Jesus, isn't it? Then they try to turn away and run. They, they, you know, they, they deny him. They do all sorts of crazy things. But then there's those great words of the Apostle Peter. Jesus talking to, to a bunch of people about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and, and everyone says, well, this is a very difficult thing to understand. So many who were with him walked with him no longer. Why? Because they had no understanding. They didn't have anything beyond their understanding. They, un- they saw Jesus do amazing things, but when he brought a concept that was too hard to understand, they didn't have the faith to keep going. And I love what, I love what Peter says to Jesus in John 6. He says, where else are we going to go? In, in other words, you know, to you have the words of eternal life, he says. He says, we might not understand you. We might not get what you're doing. We may not have, have the strategy that you have. But all we've got is a, is, an, is a knowing that you have the words to eternal life beyond today, beyond what we don't understand. See, it's not until you get to the end of your understanding that you actually engage in faith. 
faith as a dependable relationship is something other than a, a system of propositions or, or, or confidence in our own ability to master truth. You know, some, sometimes we can, even in our, even in our um, Christian life, we can go, my job is to, is to become a master of Scripture so I can, I can memorise it and I can quote it. You know, and, and I think the reality of faith is different. It's not about mastering truth. It's actually about allowing truth to master you. You see, when we're in relationship with the living God, we find ourselves in positions that are beyond our understanding. We find ourselves in the location, you know, you might find yourself in front of 20 kids in a classroom doing RI, and you're more intimidated by a bunch of 10-year-olds than you are by people who are your own age. Isn't it amazing what requires faith? You know, for, we, understanding limits us. Faith liberates us. Everything that you have understanding, if your, if your, if your confidence is in your understanding, your capacity to go forward is limited a hundred percent by your brain. If your confidence is in your relationship with the living God, then your limitations are the limitations of God, which I've heard are very few. Faith is a confidence that I can be mastered by truth. And then when I feel like and I cannot hold on any longer, I know I'm still being held on to by the living God. Sometimes a situation is, is, becomes too hard. Sometimes you're, you know, you're, in, you're in relationships, you're in a church, you're in a job, you're in a, you're in a sports club, you're doing something and it, gets, it, it, all, it feels too hard to hold on. But you have a knowing beyond your understanding that the Lord's holding on to you. That he's embracing you, that he's, he's holding you. You see, the faith that, that us believers need to, need to proclaim to the world, it's not a clever faith. Unfortunately, a few, a few decades ago, it got very hard to run a church. You know, we, you've got to have lights and, lights and camera and screens and smoke and, you know, Beautiful people like Christian running, you know, the service and, 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 you know, we got, we got these amazing singers and all, and the, and the reality is God's saying those who humble themselves and pray, if we're called by his name to give him glory, he will give us strength. See, I keep challenging people, don't, don't join a church service, join a community of people. We don't, we don't commit ourselves to a meeting. We don't commit ourselves to the guy up the front, you know, who could say, you know, could say anything, could say something offensive this week, something encouraging next week. Could, you know, we, we want to be, we want to be a bunch of people who are committed beyond the momentary lapses of today. Because faith is not about understanding. I didn't understand or I disagree with what you said. Therefore, I cannot walk with you anymore. No, Jesus is saying it's bigger than that. Faith is bigger than your understanding. And those things get sharpened and strengthened along the way. Our lives need to point simply to God. It doesn't let go. It doesn't turn away and run. And then we become, by extension, the same. We become loyal and we become stable. We become consistent people in the lives of others. And in your faithfulness, we begin to show what it is to have faith in the one who doesn't let go.
See, God wants to take you today beyond your understanding and into faith. He wants to transform you. He wants to renew your mind so that your life can be transformed. The mind of Christ in you. Faith is what's happening to our understanding, church. There's a couple of others there. Hope is what happens to our remembering. Did you know that your memory gets uncontaminated by hope? Memories are hard to deal with, aren't they? Because they don't—they just won't go away. Memories. You ever, you ever noticed that you've got a memory and you've—and it's you know—it's an experience that you've had that was tough and challenging, and you've just got it out of your system, and then you bump into the person who you had who that happened with, and it all comes flooding back. Or you hear a song on the radio that was playing when when you when you were you were in a relationship or you were doing something in the past. Your memory just won't go away. We've got to have a hope so anchored in eternal life, that our memories do not hold us and do not bind us. And it's love that happens to our wanting. Do you know what love does? It shifts desire. The Bible talks about God wanting to give you the desires of our heart. And then in the beginning of Romans, God says, he, 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 Paul, Apostle Paul says, God gave them up to the to, to the Desires of their flesh. You see, what does love do? Love shifts the desire to the right place. It shifts it out of your immediate need and it shifts us into an eternal relationship. When you value a relationship, you know, my, what, I want to have a, have a um, beautiful Italian meal with my wife. But what does love do? It says, love says, I want to be with my wife. Maybe we could eat Greek tonight, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's a shift, isn't it? God, he wants us to, he wants us to understand that the renewing of your mind shifts you out of understanding and into faith. It shifts you out of memory and into hope. Do you know one of the most crippling memories are the positive ones? Sometimes we had such a good experience you know, we had one of the most amazing New Year's Eves of all time back in back in '97. You know, and we've been trying to relive it ever since, and we just haven't been able to pull it off. Sometimes a positive memory can rob you of a future because you're trying to relive a moment that you can never relive again. And the Apostle Paul is speaking when he says faith, hope, and love. He's saying, "Hey, your hopes need to be anchored in eternal life." And then you get to experience every day something fresh based on a hope that's beyond this world. You get to see, you know, what hope does. You know, when you look at someone, when you look at someone and you go, man, I remember you. I had to um, get off Facebook because I had too many people from my youthful years just in shock that I'm a pastor in a church because they remember only too well what a scallywag that I was. Now I'm this pure, pure <laughs> giant of faith. He wants to take us out of the memory and into hope. When you look at someone, no longer do you see their history, you see the image of God and the eternal potential in them and you speak life to their potential, you don't judge them on their history. That's a renewed mind. 
Notice how we're always thinking about renewed mind when it comes to ourselves. God's saying, how about you have a renewed mind when you look at the rest of the world? It takes judgment out of you. You become like Jesus who gets to say to people, hey, I protect you from their condemnation, nor do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. We get to speak life into people because we're no longer looking at them in judgment. We're looking at their potential in hope. We're speaking to a future, not punishing them for their past. Love is what is happening to our wanting. Love moves desire from a moment to a relationship. Most of our wants are in the moment. But when it becomes love, it's about a relationship. It'll it'll change how you worship for the rest of your life. We come into worship, when we come into worship from an attitude of want, we come and we sing songs hoping that God will heal us while we're singing. When we come into, into worship from a place of love, we hope that God is blessed by our adoration of him. Notice the difference? He wants to renew your mind. And when your mind is renewed, you watch your life be transformed. The mind of humanity is what can I understand? What do I remember and what do I want? The mind of Christ is faith, hope, love. Why doesn't the band jump up? Two minds. I'm in two minds. Do you find yourself in two minds? Today we surrender ourselves afresh to the living God at the cusp of this new year. And we say, Lord, renew our minds. Renew our minds so that our lives can be transformed and we can impact this world for you. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ. Remember this, church, faith doesn't appear as an answer. Faith doesn't appear as a system. It doesn't appear in a church service. It doesn't appear in a song. It appears as confidence in a relationship, a dependable relationship. The only perfectly dependable relationship is when I step out of my understanding into the unknown, I have a confidence, not in my understanding, not in what's going to happen, but in a fact that even when I know I cannot hold on, I know that the King of all kings is holding on to me. Why don't you stand with me this morning? The three essential qualities of the life of a disciple, faith, Hope, love. Let me read what St John of the Cross said. Faith is what happens to our understanding. Hope is what happens to our remembering. And love is what happens to our wanting. Father, this morning we come before you humbled by our own minds. We come before you this morning humbled by our inability to understand, humbled by our interpretation of our own memories, humbled by the the constant wants that we have in our life. And we surrender to you, our Father, today. 
for some reparenting. Lord, we need fresh faith. We need fresh hope. And we need more of your love, Lord. So we call upon you this morning. Lord, we come repentant before your throne of grace this morning and we ask that your mercies that are fresh this morning be upon us, that you would stir our hearts, Lord, to, to go beyond our understanding, Father, to, do, to, to have a hope beyond our memory of yesterday, Lord, and to love beyond that thing that we desperately want right now. So, Father, for every heart that is in this house this morning, I ask that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, and that you would disciple them so that their minds could be renewed and their lives could be transformed and your name could be glorified above all. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.